3: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app our participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Hi and welcome to Homestyle Radio. We're back for our first show of the season and we're slightly cheating by pre-recording it. Uh, although, not that by that much. Uh, we're current, it's currently five past seven on Sunday night, and uh, I have to somehow edit this into a show by eight o'clock, which would be interesting. Uh, joining me for this part, anyway, are Albert, Aaron and Steve. Hello, chaps. Hello.
5: Hello. Good evening.
4: Right, and all I needed was you to say hello relatively quickly, and I couldn't even get that. Brilliant. Um. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. dear. Oh no. Oh, I'd held <laughs> off a coughing fit all day and now I'm starting just as we start recording. Anyway, um so what we've got lined up for you today, um obviously bear in mind this is a pre-recorded show. There's is there's, um, no sort of live contact, but we do want your contact after we um after we broadcast that Steve Parrish interview that I was about to tell you about. Um so net is the email address. You can leave us a mess- voicemail message if you phone 0203 4755 nine, and select option two. Mm. It's a new thing for this season, guys. The voicemail message is good, isn't it? It's
0: quite, it's quite fancy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You yes. okay, should kinda of want my voicemails after the uh, after the matches.
4: Well that's that's basically what we're after. We like we like the idea of people being able to even on their way back from a game or even at a game just to phone phone up our uh, voicemail and have a good old-fashioned rant. So uh, an instant feedback in some ways. So that's the plan anyway. Um what we're gonna do today, we're gonna have a little chat about pre uh, preseason so far, obviously there's still a bit to go. Um, we're going to have a little chat about what the, the main topic of discussion is at the moment, which is the current squad strength. And that will lead us nicely onto to the stuff that Steve talks about. Um, so we'll play that after we finished our discussion. Uh, when we come back from that, we'll finish off with a few more comments on what Steve has just said. Uh, and then we'll leave you with a with a teaser of what's coming up in the current, uh, following weeks. Probably a good way of saying that um not that i know because i don't even know really what i'm doing right now so um without further delay let's uh, let's have a chat guys um well let's let's start with it um we've lost a number of players and we've brought in a number of players but the general consensus at the moment is that we have a weaker squad um first of all in you know in a, in a few words i'll start with you aaron because alphabetically you're first just okay. <laughs> um I th- obviously, I don't think it's in any doubt that the squad currently, as it stands, is weaker. So, I mean, are you concerned?
6: Um, not. It's not hitting a panic button quite yet, which is uh, why it's been used on the message boards recently. But we still have a good core of the team, I feel. We still have Julian in between the posts. We still have the likes of Johnny Palm, McCarthy in defence, fence, Jernak in midfield, to name a few. I mm. think we just need a couple of... Um, Quality additions, you know, selling of Ambrose, in my opinion, wasn't necessarily the right time to go for him because he's still doing the job. But just those one or two that will give the team a boost and, you know, get it playing a good um, attacking manner, in my opinion.
4: All right, well, look, we'll come back to, to some of the points you raised there. But obviously, you, you reckon a couple of players. And see Dougie's gone on record this week as saying five, Steve. Is it as many as that?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me the big losses are going to be Klein at right back. Let's be honest. He's, he's been with us, what, four, five years. Oh no, so four years sort of coming into the side. And, um, and he's got 100 think it's 150 matches under his belt. Um, yeah, which it's, I mean, it's almost unheard of for 21 for year old. Um, but at the same time, we've also uh, we've, we've lost Ambrose, and he's going to be a big miss as well. Um, say what you like about him; he's a luxury player. But then he's also a man who's managed to get seven goals in a in a season where he's had a lot less appearances. So it's mm. going to be tough. But at the same time, we've still got you know like uh, like Aaron said, we've got Al- We've got uh, Albert. No, we haven't. We've got Spironi <laughs> uh, in between the sticks. No chance <laughs> of that. <laughs> we've got uh, you, you never know. He, he could be agile. Uh, uh, if, if, if
5: anyone was watching the five-a-side tournament at Celeste in the summer, <laughs> I think I blew my I wouldn't a chance.
4: To say agile, but mm. <laughs> Look, um, okay, well, that, sort of finally, well, you guys are giving a, qu- a quick summary of how you're feeling right now. So, Albert, I mean, squ- squad-wise and current message boards chat-wise, y- how are you feeling?
5: Uh, I've got to say, I'm, I'm slightly nervous, but that's the first time that I've said it out loud. Uh, Yeah, you know, as Steve was saying, you know, we've lost Klein, and Klein's brilliant, and you know, you could you could bring in another superb right back, but you know, you know, Klein's hard to replace. You know, you could bring in someone, you know, excellent, and they still might not be as good, you know, because he he just was that sort of special player, and you know, he's been sort of a regular for so long. Gardner, you know, as I haven't seen the Southampton centre half on loan, so I can't comment. He might, you know, he might be as good. We never know. But yeah, I mean we we had we didn't have a small squad last season. There was just a lack of quality when a few people were out missing and you know, we certainly haven't done anything to address that, you know. Mm. And we've well, lost standout performers. But well, I, a, yes. I think good a good decision, but it would have been a better decision if there'd have been a few more people in first. Mm. If you know what I mean? Well,
4: yeah, I do know what you mean, and and that's something that a lot of people have jumped on recently as well. I I, I think a lot of it came out of the uh, the Ross McCormack situation, which obviously Steve has has clarified in the Croydon an advertiser and said, not you, Steve, Steve Parrish. I don't think you you said anything.
0: Um, comment into the advertiser, but they they weren't interested.
4: No, 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 <laughs> not yet. Anyway, not not so your media career grows a little bit. But um, no, uh, obviously he he's made the point that. Club were in for Ross McCormack, and one of the things that was said during the the problems that were encountered in that deal were that Leeds had said, you know, they wanted to bring players in before they let players go, and suddenly everyone sort of latched onto that as a concept, and I and I just sat there thinking, is that really how football clubs of our size actually work? Like, I mean, when we sold Ian Wright all those years ago. We didn't have Marco Gabbiadini in already, did we? Oh, hang on. No, we didn't. But, like, I mean, yeah. That's a bad example because it wasn't really... Terrible example. Like, but, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like we we don't really do that. I mean, you you just kind of sell a player when... Oh, that's, that's, see, I'm so unprofessional. I my phone on. Half time. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that that was the producer who's enraged me, and I'm going to... Um, I'm going to... Uh, i going to let you know how that was in a second. But anyway, look, I I got a little bit frustrated with that, and I've got a little bit frustrated over the last few days with, with a few people on the message boards. But, like, I mean, if we if we look at the 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 players that are gone, if you look at Nathaniel Klein... Uh, sorry, Aaron, I, I, actually, I'll give you a chance to say that, and I'll come back to this.
6: Well, if we're using the me system, I think Steve is up next.
4: Ah, <laughs> uh, ignoring him.
6: Uh, oh, that's nice. Always. Um... Uh, as you were saying about in, with Leeds, are uh, letting, uh, bringing players in before they were letting them go, and people latching on to that. He, mm. Clubs are site. Leeds are still a, pr- a pretty big club. You know, they're still a team that could play in the Premier League. Uh, w- we can't do that. We're a club who has to sell in order to buy first. And mm. after the releasing of Ambrose, who was, I think it was on about ten, nearly fifteen grand a week or something like
4: that. Well, he was uh, on big wages. We don't know, you know, obviously, some people say they know the exact amount or whatever, but he was obviously on a, a fair wedge, Yet,
6: yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, people now looking at apparently whether whatever, wage, but like, stretched up to about 40, you know, plus. You still, if you're going to bring in quality players, you know, one quality player can demolish that by half very quickly. And so yeah. that's why I think Doogie's looking at players who will come in, not as earn as much, but will give us a, a performance that maybe is half to a quality player, but because you've got more, they can all add up and come up yeah. to that same level as a group.
4: Well, I'm gonna, I'll let, I'm gonna let Steve come in a, a, as well. But I just make the point. Uh, Steve Parish does address these, um, those exact things. Funnily enough, we did, we had a little chat about Leeds as well as a, as a club. And one of the points he does make later on uh, relates to Leeds's wage bill. But I'll leave that there, Steve.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, just to, uh, I've got two, two. Quick little points on it. I think one of the things that was uh, was shown with the uh, the Ross McCormack situation was apparently a deal was done and then Leeds changed their mind. There's not much that, that Parish can do about that. I mean, at the end of the day, then he still belongs to, to Leeds United Football Club. And if they change their mind halfway through a deal and say, actually, no, I know we agreed a figure, but we want more for him. There's not a lot that they can do about that. Uh, the second thing is one of the things I think a lot of people are forgetting is we have one of the best academies, certainly outside of the premiership, possibly uh, inside the premiership as well. Who knows? But we've got some, some great good ge- kids coming through in different positions and, and perhaps, you know, they can, they can do us a, a fine job as well. This season, we've got the likes of, uh, of De Silva, um, coming through and look quite exciting at the end of last season. We've got Wilf and, uh, and Johnny Esther that, you know, are two of the, uh, the best kids I've seen at Palace. Um, yeah, and we've got others coming through as well. So I don't think we need to, to necessarily have some big, big wage, big price signing to, uh, to change the quality of the mm. squad. I think it's just allowing the kids to come in. Are you,
4: are you sure you haven't listened to the Steve Parrish interview already that I made earlier? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't I, really comment Steve, on that stuff because it, cause it, it does come along later on. But what well, I'll say goes back to just talking about the players that, are, that have gone. Oh, hang on, Albert wants to talk. Go on. Just two words. Yeah. Andy Dorman. Andy Dorman. <laughs> actually it's a good it's a good subject, not not one we spoke specifically about with Steve, but um, he did talk about certain players that weren't Dougie signings, still being at the club, and us still having to pay them and you know and what have you uh, and that he is a prime example of one of those players no, uh, your, I still
5: can't believe you didn't get selected for team GB.
4: <laughs> I can't believe you sit at the bloody club. It can only, I only it. be the age. Now, there's some funny, funny things about Andy Dorman, right? We're not funny. Um, he's on too high a wage for Bristol City's sorry Bristol Rovers' wage, probably Bristol City's wage cap as well, from what I hear. But <laughs> Bristol Rovers' uh, wage uh, ceiling under the new fair financial fair play rules, so they can't sign him. Um, so we're kind of lumbered with him at the moment. Pre season, he's been playing in the development squad, um, and. You know, you don't want to be mean to a guy. I'm sure he's doing his best, but essentially, he is he is a, a, a mediocre player picking up a you know a, a decent championship player's wage, and it's a real shame that we're in that situation. And it seems he was certainly the sort of he's the sort of purchase that is the sort of purchase we need to be avoiding now, which is why we're probably seeing uh, a little bit of. He's the, a lack the, he's of the sort of
5: purchase that an alleged alcoholic would make.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that, that is the sort of thing that might have, that might have happened. I'm, of course, it didn't. Why? Why would you say? you just saying it might have done, right? Yeah, um, we all, you know, we all make
5: mistakes, and we've had a few.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh dear. Um, but look, look. I mean, the player that players that have gone that we we've talked about so far, Klein. I think is a fairly simple case in that we we have a situation where he wanted to leave. Um, he was on very very low wages for a player of his caliber. The contract he was offered is, you know, was the biggest contract at the club, and you know, a huge contract for the championship, uh, from what we're told. So, and he still wasn't interested. So it it seems very clear that he he just did not want to be at Crystal Palace. So there's nothing you can do about that when someone decides that. Massively talented player. Uh, Dougie said before that, that he feels the replacement that's Joel Ward, and bear in mind that Joel Ward has come in on wages um you know and with a transfer fee there, so that's money spent there. Um, you know, even though we've rec- recouped some for Klein. Look, you know, we've we've got he, he feels we've got a player who can be can be as good. And whether that's the case or not, and a lot of people have um have rubbished that because you know Klein is as you were saying Albert he's a superb player. But he, he you know one thing Klein didn't have was height. You know, he quite often it was a, a fairly straightforward tactic for for the opponents to stick the sort of big lad up front on Klein from you know, for for long balls and there's not Klein you know he won a fair share of headers for a small guy but you know when you're standing next to a guy who's a foot and a half taller than you it's you know it's a it's a no-brainer he's going to win a header and Joel Ward is, is about six two and can play at centre back so I think we've actually added a different element we might he might not be as good one-on-one defending as Klein because cause few are. But he's good going forward from what i've seen and and hes certainly uh, got got a few things that Klein hasn't so there you go uh Steve you want to talk about Ward
0: yeah I mean um I think everyone uh, or hopefully everyone's seen the the goal that Ward scored against Southampton um for for Portsmouth um which was an absolute absolute cracker um and so that's that's something that he can perhaps bring into the play the other thing to uh, to remember about Ward as well is he was he was talked up quite well um for Portsmouth in a season where they end up going down and uh, with, with an incredibly low morale. So if he's doing quite well or did quite well for them, hopefully in a, in a team that you know may start to pick up, then he'll do even better. I mean, obviously, it's all going to depend on, on how the rest of our, our team plays and, uh, and what we do. But if we could start off to uh, on a winning pace, then it's something that I think will help the new players in the club settle in.
4: Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's a, a valid point, Steve. Valid point. Um, all right, listen, let, let, let's talk about Gardner because Gardner is is a really good uh, example of a player who, um, you know, he he made a huge impact at this club and and a lot of people and I do agree with this, a lot of people saying if that you know if he it stayed clear of injuries his whole career I don't think he'd have been a championship defender uh, because you know he, he he really did bring his best out in Paddy and he was. Um, you're right there, Albert, making a bit of noise, but I'm all right. Um, I'm all right. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. But um, yeah, Gardner's a, a very, very talented player and we've replaced him with on paper, you, you, something that you start to worry about. And, you know, it's a season long loan of a of a fairly young centre back. And we know centre backs at a young age tend you know, tend to have a you know be in and out of teams and just learning the learning how the art of defending, really. So we've signed this guy and everyone's like, Who's this Aaron Martin? Um, but if you go and look at Southampton talking about him, um, their fans love him, and some of them are, are quite shocked that, that they've actually let him go for a season. Uh, I do think that I do know that they've, if all parties agree, that they can recall him in January. But um, first, I saw of him really he was up at Aldershot, um, and the guy's uh, well, he, he's a beast of a player. You know, he he looks extremely impressive. I have to say. Um, you know it's early days and it wasn't exactly testing opponents but but he looked to uh, already have a really good understanding with Paddy and there was a lot of shouting and organising now Steve you wanted to talk a bit about Paddy
0: yeah I mean I think the the thing is Paddy's best spell with with Palace was when he had uh, Fonte with him in the centre-back pairing and um, I think a a large part of that was because when Paddy did make a mistake Fonte was right there to to clean it up Um, he started to get that that back again with uh, with Anthony Gardner um, last season. He'd, he'd got back to the stage where if he, he he was comfortable going for it a little bit more because he knew that that Gardner would be there to, to wipe up the mistakes uh, if if someone did get through. And so you, you hope that he's going to get that very quickly with Martin. I think you were saying there, Chris, that uh, that they've started to get that communication going quite well and get a bit of an understanding. So. If he does have a, a player in Martin that can, that can partner him well in that, that centre-back position, I don't think that he's, that centre-back is going to be a, a worry, really, as a, as a pairing.
4: Mm, I mean, it's obviously, we're still very light there. And, and whether or not we sign Ramage mm. uh, to sort of cover that area, I'm, I'm not sure. It seems to be relatively likely that that's the case. Um, but... I mean, well, like I say, I I feel a lot better about the situation now I've seen Aaron Martin play and I've seen the kind of stature he is and the fact that, you know, he's vocal and he's organising and it's a partnership with Paddy. He's not just... just, You know, you kind of imagine that this young guy is going to come along and just let Paddy sort of order him about and just try and learn from him and all that sort of stuff. But no, it seems to be a genuine centre of that partnership and I was extremely encouraged to see that really. But I say obviously competitive games are where it's at and we, and we won't know a lot about anything until we start playing some competitive, competitive football um, if I can sort of end on talking about Ambrose and I will probably ask all three of you to chip in a bit on this but I will start with Aaron obviously Ambrose hasn't technically been replaced now we've got Baxter with us at the moment um, Dougie quite, being quite literal said he's not on trial he's just training with us but um, but has also said that we're very interested in doing a deal, despite the fact he's got other attention and all that sort of stuff. And we're trying to sort out the money for that. So, uh, and there's some indication I read on the BBS a little bit earlier today that he may sign next week. But um, obviously, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Baxter. But but that's is you know he's that sort of a player. You know, a technical player who doesn't give the ball away a great deal and, and can see a pass. But it's not necessarily known for the you know for doing the sort of um, you know, the sort of nitty gritty in the game, the sort of the tackling and the running and the, you know, all that sort of stuff that, that, that Ambrose was known to be weaker at as well. So, first of all, Aaron, you, you, you touched on Darren Ambrose leaving earlier and you, you said you weren't completely convinced it was the right time. Um, when, when would have been the right time?
6: Sure, that is, that's a bit of a difficult question. The thing with Ambrose was, all round as a player, he was slightly getting past, so you could tell he wasn't as sharp. You know, he's not into the nitty-gritty, as you said. But he came up with, with the spectacular, and that's what you needed. You know, he was there when you needed him. He could support the strikers as well as score goals. And frankly, apart from a few great names, I've never seen a player take a better set-piece than Ambrose. But now, obviously, he's gone. Backstar, I haven't seen him play, but I've heard that he's um he, he looks like a good play. He's almost like an Ambrose type. But I'm sure... If if he's just been training with us, but if we can get him in, then I'm sure he'll be able to perform as well overall as Ambrose. But I'm just wondering if he's got that extra little bit to do something when we really need it.
4: Oh, I was hoping someone was going to jump in there. I was doing something.
0: Um, <laughs> the the the, uh, the mic muted. But uh, just uh. in a second, um, and, and and stop Chris having to uh, to use his voice when he. I know he's having coughing fits. Then um, yeah, I mean I think when you look at Ambrose, he and um, in, even in a, a season where he wasn't at his best, he wasn't get, getting as many games as he uh, as he perhaps would have liked to. He still managed to get seven goals, and he still managed to put in quite a few assists. And I wonder if that part's going to be missing. But obviously, I haven't seen Baxter yet. I don't know. Uh, don't know how he's uh, he's playing, and. Um, if he does sign up with us, then I know that he'll only have signed up with us because Dougie's decided that he, he really wants him there. And, um, and maybe he's a sort of player from, from what I've heard, he's got a, uh, a, a magical pass every, every now and again. And, uh, and he's it, perhaps a, a little bit unfit at this stage from, from what I've heard, but could, could easily be the sort mm-hmm. of player that pulls that back. Uh, unlike uh, a certain Mr. KG. So it'll be interesting to see, see what happens there. Well, Chris, what do you reckon? Well,
4: listen. Baxter is a quality player. I mean, I've I've seen seen him play twice now, um, and he's just got all sorts of talent. You know, you can see as soon as he's got the ball at his feet that he's one of those players that is capable of of being that level above. You know, where you see jo- uh, Johnny Williams and you see Wilf, and you you, you kind of think to yourself, well. If everyone was on their wavelength, we'd be destroying teams right now. And he's someone who is on their wavelength. So I would really love to see those those players interacting within that team. Um, I think that there clearly is a fitness issue um, for, for Dougie to have been as you know, as explicit as he has been in the press. Uh, you know, he said things like, "Well, it's a clean slate," but not sure how he got himself in this state. And I think people have kind of taken it a bit literally in that it's just he's carrying weight, which he obviously he's been carrying a bit. But you know, to be honest, if I was carrying that sort of weight, I'd consider myself skinny. He's, he's no, he's not a, he's not fat. He, he, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's, we're talking cardiovascular fitness. I think we're talking about you know being an athlete and not being, and not being an athlete. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of what sort of
5: size uh, is he? Height wise, is he tall or?
4: Um, I know. I, th- I think he's he's on the short side. He's probably li- he's a little bit taller than, than Donnie Donny Williams, but, but okay. you know he, he's that kind much. of a player. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, but he's obviously he's a bit broader. But if you see if you see him on, on Twitter, well, yeah, you know that comes with a bit of a health warning. His Twitter account, to be honest with you, but like if you see him, he's got you know pictures from when he started training at Palace. And then a picture of him just before they went out to the training camp at Malaga. He's clearly lost about a stone in weight. It's quite ridiculous, like just in in a couple of weeks. But, like, you know that it, it, he what Dougie said in the press is that he's someone who who wanted a manager to motivate him, uh, and that's why he's he's down training with Palace, and that's why, you know, he's made the comments he has about wanting to join us. So I think I think if we do sign him, I think it's a good good swap for Ambrose but as Dougie was saying after the, the defeat to Welling um, in the pre-season we are lacking in, in wide areas and he's not good, he can play out wide but he's not a natural winger and that's and it's not going to solve that problem where Ambrose could play, play out wide it's an endless debate that we had whether or not he was wasted out there or not but whether it's his best position but but ultimately he did act as a wide midfield player for us, and I don't think Baxter really that's where his strength will be. I think his strength will be in interchanging positions with, with Johnny Esther and Wilf you know, in, in a kind of a three behind a striker, if you know what I mean. but that'll probably send people into some degree of a panic um, when we talk about one up front again. Uh, okay, I don't want to dwell too much more on that. I mean we've, we've covered quite a lot of ground there. Um, I just want to quickly mention the signing of Aaron Wilbraham. Or Will as he's also known. Uh I saw him play what was it? Again, Aldershot, Shot, I think it was. Um very pleasantly surprised. I mean I was one of those who said, look, I'll judge him in a palace shirt. I'm not bothered about what he's done before, I'm not bothered about where he came from and all that sort of stuff. But you know, he's a player Somewhere who has the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you went there so quickly. Um <laughs> still <laughs> but you know he's he's a player who scored 100 goals in his career so that's already something positive uh, more than a lot of our well we haven't got anyone who scored anywhere near that at the moment unless you count Dougie after his substitute appearance at Dulwich um, which was magnificent by the way uh, but yeah again we've brought something in that we didn't have because um, although we've got Murray up there as a who can play a sort of target man role and play that link play. He's not experienced at anything higher than league 1 and, and other than the season he's just had with us which was very much hit and miss. So we've brought in someone with a bit of experience and a bit of class. And I mean put it this way he, he in a well in a a half of football he managed to to present Jermaine Easter with the ball more than Jermaine Easter has seen the ball as a Palace player. Anyway, uh Steve, come on.
0: Yeah, I, I just want to uh, disagree with you there, Chris. Um, for me, I wouldn't call Murray a target man. I think that's what we, we were doing wrong in, in leaving him in that lone striker position numerous times last season, is mm. the fact that he shouldn't be used that way. Um, what Brighton did very, very well um, with Murray was was basing the team around him and uh, and because of that, doing a lot of balls from the wings uh, right across the box, box to him uh, mm. that he managed to, to put away. And I think if we use Murray that way, then he's uh, he's likely to uh, to be able to start scoring a, a number of goals if we use him as a, a lone target or a, a target man. Um, I think he'll we'll just end up frustrated. Yeah, well, uh, uh, as much as I'd
4: like to turn it into a, a row, I, I do agree with you. I, I was actually saying that we 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 have Murray that we use as a target man, but he, I agree with you, he's not a target man, and I think that's why we've actually got uh, Aaron Wilbraham in him. Aaron Wilbraham in. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Aaron. Very quickly, because we need to uh, we need to play this Steve Parish
6: interview. I right, bet we do. Just a uh, um, Wilbraham. He scored against Lewis. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, he did. Yeah, I didn't he see that did game, score. but he did. Yeah. Well, if he's got a hundred goals at any level, that's not too shabby. You know, Norwich had a good team when they were in League One. I'm hmm. not quite sure if he was there with him at the time.
4: is. As I say, he scored in all four league divisions as well. So you know, he, he's he's done guy. it wherever he's gone. So.
6: And as you look now, the, the standard of football in League One isn't actually too far off the standard of the championship with the way that teams mm. have come up. And as you said, judge him in the Palisher. Don't judge him after what he's done. You know, this is a new team for him. It's a chance to get back on that scoring track. And I think if we can play him up front with, uh, with Murray, and as you were saying, if we want to get balls into the box, we need the wingers, which we don't have at the moment. So maybe mm. Wilbraham is that other option until we get those players in and the service to Murray. Perhaps is that other option to get to the goals.
4: Yeah, I think that's, that's probably what it is. But uh, okay, just before we um, play the Steve Parish interview, I do want to end on a, on. Ooh, Albert seems to have disappeared, but I do want to end on on a point really, and that point is um, that as much as I, we're, we're saying that you know the signings we made are positive signings, and as much as we're saying that you know certain players have been replaced, it is it, very much an acknowledgement that. The squad as we see it, and I don't. I just want to check if any of you guys disagree. The squad as I see it now is a weaker squad than than we ended the season with. Is that fair, Steve?
0: I think it'd be impossible to turn around and say that the uh, the squad as it is isn't weaker. I mean, um, at the end day, uh, you, you look at it. We did lose Klein. We did lose Gardner. We have lost Ambrose. Um, and and for me, they're they're the the, the main three really. It's it's going to be. We're going to have to change the way that we play. But I mean. Dougie's a young manager and if there's anyone that, that could sort of turn turn it tactically into a, a, a side that will be I guess more exciting going forward I think it could be him so we'll have to see we'll have to see mm. I suppose Chris uh,
4: and, and Aaron would you say we're, we're certainly a weaker squad than we were?
6: Um, I think we would do Yeah, with the calibre of players we've lost and the ones that we're bringing in it is a weaker team not by far but with a couple of additions it can be just as good as it was last year
4: Okay, good stuff. Well, Okay, we well, we're gonna we're gonna stop there, and uh, and let you hear what Steve had to say a little bit earlier. After he's finished, we'll come back and uh, and comment on a couple of things um, that we haven't discussed so far. <laughs> all right, Steve. So anyway, first of all, you know, obviously, thanks for joining us once more. A um, couple of weeks till the season gets underway, and a lot of the uh, questions we've had in from people relate to the squad and the, and the transfer situation. So we're, we'll probably yeah. start there. Um, sort of. Uh, you, you commented in the Croydon ad about the uh, Ross McCormack situation, and um, a guy called Croydon Exile has asked. Uh, he says, um, "What's the sale of uh, Ambrose and Scannell given the OK? Because that deal seemed, you know, seemed to be on the cards." No, no, <laughs> That's no, <good> no.
7: <laughs> keeping <Okay>. it short. <laughs> no, they weren't. I mean, you know, they're not related, really. I mean, we got a bid that we thought was a good beat for both players and we took it you know, that's you, the, the manager's got a certain way that he wants to play, you know, there are always things that kind of, we know that are going on inside the squad, I mean Darren's situation, he, he had a year left on his contract so we either offer him a new deal or, 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 or we take something for him now, you know, I think Darren's done a great job for us and, you know, I know he's, he's loved at the club but, you know the wheel turned and I think we all felt Darren felt, we felt that Everybody needed a change, really. Um, and, you know, Darren's got ambitions he wants to fulfil, and we've got a way of playing that, you know, we, 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 right, we want to go down, and we're obviously, you know, we're juggling with the wage deal and, and, and whatever. So all things in the round, you know, we thought that the deal was a good deal for us. Mm.
4: Um, well, actually, sort of, yeah, following, following on from from that, really, uh, Super Xander's asked, just uh, all, are all the funds from the sort of sales of Ambrose, Scandal & Klein going towards that transfer and wage budget? Uh, because it, obviously people are worried about Dougie talking about how tight the funds are, which you know, which is not any different to what we've been told for for some time now. To be honest, but but a lot of people are sort of getting confused over the. Sort well, of I don't think. I
7: mean, I've got, I've got to be honest with you. You know, funds are tight. I don't know what you. It's a difficult one for me because, you know, basically on our we, we agreed to raise the wage bill to uh, by forty thousand a week, roughly. Mm-hmm. So we. we with With bonuses, you know we've got around about ten and a half million w- wage bill um so the so the, the the club basically and the training ground and the wages of the players is the turnover of the club, so on a cash basis we lose about five and a half six million so some of su- some of the transfer money mm. that comes in has to reduce that deficit slightly, you know because we are never going to raise. Five and a half, six million a year from um, from transfer fees.
4: No, not every
7: year. You know, it's profit. You know, it's just not possible to do. So, you know, whilst whilst the owners are, are happy to put in an amount of money each year, um, you know, it's got to be reasonable. It's got to be sustainable. It's got to be an amount of money that people are prepared to do every year for as long as it takes us to, you know, improve or get in the Premier League. So. You know, in the round, there will be more outgoings. If we'd have bought Ross McCormack, you know, and I'm sure the bulk of that money will get used, Mm. in the round, there would have been more money going out, or just, yeah, more money going out transfer fees than there were coming in. But what we've also done is, obviously, we've raised the wage bill by a significant amount. Mm. Um, And that's partly due to the fact, you know, people like Nathaniel was on um, low money. um, And then, obviously, we replaced him with with Joe Ward, who's, you know... Who's, who's obviously on a, in a different situation, you know, he's he's, he's not coming from the as you know, Nathaniel turned down a contract, so, basically, he'd been on, you know, quite low money for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, we've brought in Aaron Wilbraham. you know, we've brought in Aaron Martin, you know, we've got, um, other players that are sort of around the fringes of the squad that, you know, weren't necessarily, uh, bought by Buggy, that, you know, we continue to pay, obviously, so, you know, unfortunately, mm. this is what happens with football clubs. The wage bills rise all the time, you know. Um, and what with winning bonuses and, you know, appearance money and all, all the rest of it, we find ourselves in a situation where on a, on a wage bill increased by, you know, 40 grand a week, we'll lose 6 million cash a year. So that, mm-hmm. you know, when people say it's all the client money, no, some of the client money will reduce the amount that we lose. Now, to say money's tight, is each is is, is, is a bit difficult for me because money could be a lot tighter because if we actually ran it on the basis of right, you can't, you know, there, there's no money to spend until we get the money in mm. then um, there'd be a lot, 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 lot less money Okay. so money, you know, it, it depends how much money people think it's a reasonable amount of money for us to put in every year um,
4: Yeah, well, I suppose it's, it's all relative but uh, Nick, you wanted to jump in there Yeah, yeah, a,
8: a few people have said about the, um, the money that we've, we've got with sell on clauses for Moses and Klein and Scanner and Ambrose uh, Laurie Scott's one of those um, mm-hmm. he, he's asked can we really realistically expect a marquee signing or have the funds been budgeted for the anticipated deficit and, and I suppose you've just really answered that and, mm-hmm. and just to go on for that but with the money we're getting how does that affect the way we go to buy other players do, do other teams think oh they've got a few Bob Let's um, let's raise the prices a bit.
7: No, more. no, no. They've got a price for the player, and um, that they want, that they're prepared to let them go, and that's that. If we yeah. were getting, you know, if we were in the Premier League and you've just got forty million to somebody, you might affect them. But you know, not people don't think much. Not that really. Everybody wants as much money as they can possibly get for a player, but mm. I don't think they not, not in the not in the Championship. I don't think they think well, you know, you've got this much money. But as I say, you know, the problem is for fans, they, t- they tend to look at just the money coming in, you know <laughs> they're, they're yeah. not, you know, we have brought other players in, you know, that, that are on you know, if you get a free transfer you, you, there's no such thing really you know, I know mm. it's, it's not as sexy for the fans as us saying, oh we paid you know, 800 grand for somebody mm. but often they're signing on fees with free transfers, there's, you know there are fees, they're just not transfer fees there's increased wages because the players run down his contracts and obviously he expects to get in his salary, a share of the um, a share of the transfer fee, effectively, but in his salary. Yeah. So you know, we, and then in terms of marketing so I mean, we don't we don't buy players. Uh, we buy players to win football matches. You know, there's no point me going and buying a named player and it excites everybody, and then we lose football matches. No, nobody yeah. will be impressed with that for very long. You know what we try and do is we try and buy football players. I mean. Broadly, if you're asking what we try and do, we try and buy unexposed football players. Yeah, you know that's really the trick. If you look at the Blackpools, you know that do very well, and the Norridges and the you know to a certain extent Southampton, you know, but clubs in our in the football league that do well and, and punch above their weight, you know, they buy unexposed footballers. You know, anybody can go. Oh, let's look at the scoring chart. Oh, he scored 20 goals a season. You know, let's go and get that, that, that player. That player will have an inflated... Price. And there's no guarantee that that player will go on and score twenty goals a season because maybe you mm-hmm. won't play quite the same way, or you know, you know, they're human assets. You know, maybe they 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 won't move down to wherever it is that well. There's any number of things that can happen. Um, also, we've got to keep room for the youngsters to get in the side. You know, that's our yeah. lifeblood. they there's you know, we can't compete on any level unless we're we're bringing players through from the academy that hopefully then either grow with us as we go to the Premier League or, you know, we sell on for profit. So, you know, that's an essential part of what we do as well. So there's no point us taking in, I mean, when we look at loans and we look at everything, the first question we ask ourselves is, are they better than, you know, retail Alassane, are they better than De Silva, are they better than, you know, if they're not, why are we taking people's players on loans? I don't care they come from Chelsea, they've got a sexy name. You know, if they're not better than what we've got, then why are we going to develop players for other clubs when we want room for our academy? You know, that the whole point of our academy, what we sell to parents, the reason we get such good players is if they're good enough, they will play. So, you know, we've got Johnny Williams come back from injury properly, you know, who's, who's like having a new player. We haven't sold Wilf, right? So, you know, if, mm. if, if we all believe Wilf's in the eight 10 15s you know, millions, then we've probably got one of the most expensive players in the division. So part of the, you know, the money that we're spending to fund the club is keeping a Wilf at the club who, if we went into the open market and bought him, would cost us £5-6 six million pounds. you know, seven million, yeah. eight million million, million. You know, we, we got offered four and a half, I think, from Bolton in January. We turned it down unequivocally. So, you know, the, the Johnny Williams of this world, you know, all these players that we keep and we fund... Keeping them are as important. I know it's not as sexy as we go. Oh, everybody likes to see us spending money and it's all going to be great. But, you know, that's not the club we are. That's not what we're about, you know, and we have to face that. So. And until we get 25,000 fans coming through the turnstiles, like Leeds do every week and Derby do, mm-hmm. or 20,000, you know, that's where we're going to be, unfortunately.
4: No, yeah, of... I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think you've covered a, a few other points that were being raised, but you kind of. Um, one of one of the questions that came in from a guy who just calls himself ADC says, "Are you frustrated when you read the opinions of fans expressing concerns over the current squad, or do you understand where they're coming from?" Uh, so it's kind of on that basis. Are, are you frustrated reading people saying, "Oh, we need to sign this player and that player?"
7: No, I just kind of feel for them, really. You know, when because you know we we, we want to give people news that excites them. You know, why would we not want to do that? You know. Um, no, I, I think they're entitled to their opinion. You know, I think some people voice it in a, bit, a way that's a little bit negative. You know, mm. or Steve, we get relegated unless you buy someone, get your checkbook out. You know, that's probably not. You know, Wait. the most.
8: <laughs> <But> <laughs> that was a good impression it, it, of my misses, Steve. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
7: it's 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 um it, it it's football and it's people entitled to their opinions. You know, I'm yeah. here to kind of give a balanced view on it and let people know why we make the decisions that we make, you know, but I don't think that people only to their opinion. Of course they are. In the end, all that matters is whether we win or lose. Not what people think about what we're doing now. Right? We're not gonna be you, you watch it at various different clubs, you know, it can go go one of two ways, can't it? You know, you can you can go out and you can spend lots of money and lots of players and you can do quite well, but you can be kind of forced into doing it and it can it can all go badly wrong. You know, you, you, you look at the you know, clubs like Leicester who spent a lot of money last year, um, and didn't get them anywhere particularly, and now they're trying to shed, you know, players off the wage bill. You know, they're releasing players like Beckford and, you know, that, that they were paying a lot of money to. I'm not saying he's not worth it, I'm just saying, it, you know, it didn't get them promoted, did it last year? So, just throwing money at the problem doesn't fix it anyway. Um, what we're all about is, is, is trying to get our head around away from some of that noise and make sure. But we make the right decisions. We made a bid on a couple of players, um, you know, uh, this week with mm-hmm. clubs. I don't. They're not. I don't know if they're going to be marquee signings. They're, they're, they're players that we've scouted that we think would do well for our football club. We think we can make them. You know, we can use them in a different way that they're currently being used. You know, you see it all the time. That's what we're trying to do. You know, any idiot can go and spend, put a load of money into it, and it will work or it won't work. You know, but a long-term sustainable future for this football club. Will be based on trying to be a bit smarter than that. If
4: we can, it isn't that easy, but that's what we try and do. Okay, so well, we so I mean that's kind of how I was going to end on the sort of the transfer bit, if you like, as as where are we now in terms of current deals? So you've got a couple of bids in for players. Are they players that we've seen like uh, trialing or anything like that, or are they uh, players that we you know? No, no, um, we, no, no. There's nothing to
7: do with trials. They're just players that we've we've identified that we would be interested in bringing to the club. You know, and and. You know, so it's ongoing. You know, I don't, I don't want to um, talk about sort of our transfer deal. You know, I can't tweet every time we make a bid for a player. You know, with, you know, it's just not professional to do that. Often these, the, you know, confidential between clubs. You know, we we like to maintain our confidentiality. If it gets out, it gets out. Often the agents want to get it in the paper and all that kind of stuff. That's not how we operate. You know, we 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 operate by trying to do our business in as quiet a way as possible on the basis that, you know, if we win, all will be forgiven. If we lose, then people will, quite rightly, you know, criticise us. So, but that's all we're trying to do. That's all we work towards. We don't work towards, you know, giving the fans two weeks of, you know, enjoyment because they see a name signed in the newspaper that we don't think actually in the long term will, will, will benefit our football club. Okay. Uh, Nick?
8: Yeah, I think I think your job is a lot more difficult than it was or would have been perhaps ten or fifteen years ago with the advent of the internet and and all the rumours and everything. But I'm, I'm going to move us away from transfers, uh, Steve, and, and talk I, about I, By Academy. the way, I don't think it's difficult. Yeah. I think people are absolutely,
7: listen, um, people are absolutely entitled to opinion, and the more people want to talk about this football club. You know, can you imagine what it's like if you're Arsenal or Tottenham or, you know, <laughs> there's just, just more and more fans. What, 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 what would I rather have? Would I rather have more comment and more fans and more, you know, dissent and opinion, but be a more successful club? Of course I would. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that comes with the territory, doesn't it? You know, that's why we all love this game, because we all know how to play it. We all know the players that we should pick. We all know how the managers. You know, <laughs> we're all exactly the same. And... You know, people are absolutely entitled to their opinion, bring it on. Sometimes I just can't answer it all, either because there's so much of it, or it would jeopardise us as a club if I answered stuff, you know? I do try and answer things, you know, with clients having a medical at West Ham. No, he's not. You know, I try and put fans' mind at rest and on certain issues when I can, but it's just not always possible, unfortunately.
4: Uh, before Nick moved us on, I did mean to ask, um, did, uh, did we get any, other than the Bolton bid for Wilf, did you get any more?
7: No, there's various sort of bits of interest. That was in January but um we've made it quite clear that we're not interested really in selling him at this point. So and that people would have to make a you know a very, very, very big offer if if, yeah. if they were to um if they wanted to get him. So, you know, that's that's where we are with, with, with Wilf and, and I think people know that and because people know that, you know, that, that, that obviously, you know, discourages them coming in unless they've got something that you know, every player's got a price. Um, we think Wolf, you know, he's looking better in training, you know, he's, 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 he's fit, he's healthy, you know, he's, he's, he's filling out more um, and, you know, we, we, we want at least one more season out of him if we can, if, if we can get promoted maybe more than that, you know. It was,
8: um, it was interesting actually, the, the press after you said, you know, you'd, you'd need a very, very big bid to entice Wolf away, away from Palace, how suddenly the, the press said, oh, Wolf's available. It's, it's how, how the press actually word things completely the wrong way.
7: I mean, 90% of the stuff that's in the papers about... Um, I mean, the problem with the stories in the papers is they're either... They're either absolutely spot on and you can't... You just don't understand how they know it. <laughs> or they're, comp- they're... You know, just there's so many of them that l- just feel like it's somebody just sitting there thinking, I'll, I'll write something. You know, you've got this situation now, you know, unless you've got, I know if you've got an, a Google alert on, on Crystal Palace, you've got this situation now where people just want to write something to get you to click on a link to go on a page so that you're a page impression on a banner, right? Yeah. So, you know, literally some of the stories are three lines. You know, the Mirrors online site is, is is notorious for it. You know, they're obviously trying to Newspaper industries in a difficult time, you know, and I can understand it. You know, they write a three-line three story. Somebody clicks on the link, you've made a page impression. And that's, you, you know, you've achieved something. They've got 0.01 of a penny for their banner or something. You know, <laughs> so, you yeah. know, that's how it works. So this, the appetite for stories is incredible. And, you know, I'm not sure... I'm not sure where they get some of them from. I'm not particularly tired of saying about the, you know, any particular, but there's just so many from every single angle that, that are just conjecture, you know? I think sometimes there are often people putting two and two together and making 50, I don't know, but, you know, there's just so much stuff that's inaccurate and, and I don't know. It doesn't really bother me because it kind of just fuels the interest. It just shows how interested people are in it, but, it, it, for the fans, I know it's frustrating, but it's just very difficult to quell every single one, you know. Because yeah. sometimes well, you don't know if they're true or not, right? You know, it, I know it sounds odd, but I don't talk <laughs> to the manager every minute, right? Yeah. And sometimes I have to circle back and go, you know, oh, are we doing this, or are we doing that? Or, you know, is this <laughs> possible? Or has somebody rung up about that? Or maybe sometimes, and I know they shouldn't, but covering agents, you know, and agents you know, I might have to ring the agent and go, have you heard, from, you know, I know this is not me you know, it goes on, have you heard from this club and is there an interest in that player because there's a thing in the patent? And they'll go, no, it's nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never heard it either. So, crazy. you know, but so often it's difficult for me to say, no, that's absolutely correct ca-, because I'm, I'm worried that somewhere in the round I need to check with everybody. So when people ask me sometimes about certain players, I kind of think, oh, I've got to ring round everyone again before I definitely say no. <laughs> um... The final decision would always rest with us, you know, in a, in, a, in a in a you know financial sense and a you know in, 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 we would always have to know, right? I mean, a player's not going to be sold unless I know. But there'll be lots of conversations that will go on that don't necessarily amount to anything, you know. Um, mm. And and so when everybody asks me, sometimes I have to circle back and check, you know, and, and just find out. I don't always know. Okay. Cheers.
8: Uh, Nick? Yeah, just moving on to the Academy, because I know we're a bit pushed for time. Uh, John has um, written into the home sale online, who's known as Glazier to Eagle. He's, uh, to paraphrase, he's congratulating you on achieving Category 2 status. Um, are we, can we still go for Category 1? Did the FA give us guidelines and advice as to what we did well and what, what was lacking? And can these be goals that can be achieved in the short term so that we can eventually go for Category 1?
7: Look, I mean, my views on this are so strong, you know. Look, we we had the guys down that do the assessment and, um, you know, there's so much of it that is... uh, I mean, you need to really talk to Gary about the whole thing. Um, Mm. But there's so much of it that just seems so far away from being anything that would make a better footballer. You know, mm. you know. I yeah. just wonder. You know, I mean, for example, we, we just even to get category two, we've just had to have separate changing rooms for the, the match officials on, you know, youth team games, and the, all the everyone's got their own dressing room and their own bathroom and their own. I mean, I just wonder whether they've got that in Brazil. Do you know what I mean? I no wonder in Spain mm. whether, that, that, whether, whether, do, do you know what I mean? I mean, we just spent hundred grand at the training ground in capital expenditure to re- the, the the changing rooms to get Category 2 even, you know, is that, and all this talk of more funding, I mean, in the end, you know, Category 1 is another net expenditure of, you know, increases expenditure by about half a million quid plus all the extra capital investment, you know. Now, the reality is the goalposts moved through the whole assessment from what we could tell one minute you had to have a score on site and then when it seemed that some of the bigger clubs didn't quite fancy doing that really. That rule went away suddenly, and you didn't have to have a scroll on site. Um, and you know, uh, there, there are there are, there are, there are, there the things to me that just seem ridiculous, like our dome is at Crystal Palace and it isn't on, you know, our main Beckham training ground. And there were things I don't know if this was carried through whether it all had to be in one place. Really? Now, you know, yeah, does that really matter? I don't
4: know. <laughs>
7: um, so. You know, it's, and also we weren't allowed to. What, what one of the problems we had was we put in place all the staff. We've got all the names of all the staff that we would hire if we got category one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they said we can only assess you on what you've got now. Okay, but we're not. You know, you give it, we're not going to hire all these people, and take on all this cost and liability, for you to turn around and say no, you didn't make it. Yeah. What do we do with, and, and so far we're not going to give you the category one grant, so we have be even further out, so what do we do with all these people? You know, look, it becomes obvious they don't mm. really want you know, Crystal Palace to be a category one club, do they? Mm. You know, they want you know, it, it, it's clear for me what the agenda is, you know I, I mean, I watched, I don't know if you watched Korea last night Yeah You yeah, know, they pass the ball better enough. They pass the ball better enough. You know, they all seem to be passed the ball better enough. Yeah. You know every single every single uh, you know, I just wonder whether separate change rooms for officials and players is really going to make pass all better, you know yeah, we got better, better cones and we spend more money at the training <laughs> ground, you know are we all suddenly going to produce you know any and I just I don't, but and there are so many anomalies between you know you know Bob somebody was telling me the other day, I think it was Spain, they were telling me that Spain do really well because they play competitive football from such a young age and yet we're shying away from playing competitive football at a young age and it just seems to be people are just scrabbling around for something that will make us better and at the same time the Premier League use it to try and garner the best young players into their academies that's that's Mm -hmm. what I feel about it look there are ways around it I think we're quite happy in the end to be Category 2 we're in the Category 1 games program we'll give that a go for a year you know that'd be quite nice for the fans. Yeah. I think we might have some quite big games at sell us, which might be quite interesting. You know, when we play yeah. our under, you know, our development squads play, you know, their development squads, the Liverpool's and the Man Citys and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're going to put some of those games on at seller. So, oh, and and uh, and we'll see where it goes, and we'll and we'll monitor it. You know, and I'm sure there are a lot of good things in there. We'll monitor it, and we'll we, you know we'll see we'll see how it pans out over a period of time. And look, let's hope it does make. England or Great Britain or whoever, or Scotland or Ireland or Wales better football teams. Yeah. Because I'm a bit fed up with watching England and, 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 and everybody else just get footballing lessons from you know nations that didn't even play the game 30 years ago. That's what it. did
8: you um think of the Korea kit, Steve? It was a nice little twist on uh, an old Palace favourite, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely kit, wasn't it? Really nice <laughs> kit, yeah. yeah it, 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 you know.
7: Our kit seems to be going down well, though, the new one. Yeah, I think,
8: yeah. So. I saw it in the flesh for the first time against Cray, and uh, I was really impressed when I saw it in in real life. It's so difficult to judge from different photos with different filters and stuff on.
4: No, it's very, very
8: nice.
7: There's little little things that we, you know, John did a fantastic job. There's little things that we, you know, we would have done better. And next year's one, I think, we'll we'll go again, you know, we'll we'll do a much better job. Uh, But we're very pleased with it, and it's us, isn't it? It's unique. You know, when you look at it, there isn't a club that's got that kit, so... Um we're, we're, we're very happy. We're a bit sad that um, Adam Malarkey, you know, who's instrumental in, you know, a lot of the designs and I think involved in that one to a certain extent, had a big accident in, um, I don't know if you know this, had a car. and Yeah, so he's coming to the Watford game with Steve and I won't be there, unfortunately, but um, and we wish him a speedy recovery because uh, he's a smashing kid and, and he puts loads and loads of kicks on the previous from Which we, I think, we've got a hundred years of kits from him, you know, that we could <laughs> yeah. we, we do. But some of the designs are just brilliant. And in the end, we chose that one as the first one. But there's just so many other ones there that we now we can have our own kit that we hope to use.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Now it's great to see him, him uh, Adam back posting on the BBS. So it's obviously, uh, obviously, you know, on the mend, shall we say? So, yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a picture the other day on Crutches, so... You know, but he was in a coma. They put him in a coma for six, seven days. I mean, he was in a bad way out there, you
4: know. So
7: yeah, I'm terrific, really pleased with his parents
4: and everybody, you know, that he's, that he's, that he's well again. Absolutely. Okay, uh, well, moving quickly on so we can uh, let you go fairly shortly. Uh, the stadium has come up again. The brilliantly named Lombardo's Barber asks... Uh, what is the likely timescale to the decision point regarding new stadium and commencement of a redevelopment of Selhurst slash is there a time where you abandon the Crystal Palace Park plan? Obviously, when we last spoke, you talked that hopefully there would be some meetings over the summer or something. Uh, We've to had some
7: good meetings about, about the current site, and I would say the current site is looking a lot more promising than the park at the moment. The park, we really need people to come and, and, and rally around that flag, you know, and give us some help on it. Um, we don't feel that that's something that we can do on our own. You know, it's got to be seen as a bigger solution for the park and the current athletic stadium. But we're working on a a really nice scheme for Selhurst and, um, you know, we're we're hopeful. We've got some more meetings on that coming up in the next few months and we're hopeful that that's something we can make a reality. You know, I've got some feasibility study with some drawings they are really nice. Um, Mm. and, you know, various different ideas of how that would be part-funded and funded and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we've definitely made some progress, but nothing that we can share with anybody just yet, but I'm sure people will get to see something soon.
4: Fantastic. All right. Um, There's a few bits and pieces that just come under the category of other. I'm just going to pick a few out, not going to go through them all, uh, and I'll get Nick to do the same. Um... (laughs) Some interesting questions in there's like things like uh, in the financial with the financial side in mind. Uh, this is Simon Snatchel was asking this. Uh, where do you see the team slash club to be in five years?
7: Well, you would hope in the Premier League. I mean, the thing is, we're a much we're are a much bigger club relatively in the Premier League than we are in the Championship because in the Premier League, being a London club, you know, we we filled the stadium. We got an average of twenty five thousand last time we're in the Premier League we fill the stadium and we get a higher yield on tickets and corporate and all that kind of stuff. So um, you'd love to think that we'd be in the Premier League. You know, it's not going to be easy to, to get there. You know, we're going to need to get everything right and the, the youngsters coming through, you know, the right combination of season pros and all that kind of thing. So, mm. but, you know, that's, that's what we want to do. You know, we, we certainly don't want to be any worse than where we are and that's why we're not prepared to, you know, go to ridiculous lengths to gamble. On on doing it in one or two seasons, you know, and that is what you see happen time and time again in this league. You know, I read a fan that said, you know, we should be more like Southampton. You know, Southampton are a well run club. Well, look, Southampton, I think that their stadium Stadium was built virtually for them, you know, part funded by the council, the land was given to by the council, or, you know, a lot of these clubs get a huge amount of help, but then they went into administration, didn't they? Or they were very close to administration, weren't they? Yeah, Very yeah. close administration, you know, lots and lots of problems. And, you know, went down to the League the, 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 the One and then a billionaire, Swiss billionaire, bought them and, and, <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately passed away and, and then, you know, but, but remained committed to it. And I think he's a billionaire many times over, by the way, you know? Yeah. Um, now, and, and he's invested, you know, I would imagine I want an amount of money in that football club to get it where it's got to. Now, I do agree that just the money alone isn't enough and I do agree that they're a well-run club. But, you know... <sighs> That that's just, unfortunately, that's just not where we are, you know. And I promise you, if a billionaire, you know, or a multiple billionaire wants to come and buy this club and pump that kind of money into it, you know, then we'll stand aside. You know, there's no, you know, if, if, if I get a phone call tomorrow from, you know, somebody like that, and they seriously want to buy the club, as long as I know, you know, that, 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 that the duty of care that I feel that me and the fellow owners have got towards the club will be honoured, you know, and that it won't be left in penury It once somebody's had a couple of seasons at it and then they don't fancy it anymore. Yeah. Um, we would stand aside. But but right now, that isn't the situation. We, we haven't got that situation. It might happen. But, you know, we're, I think we're an incredibly attractive proposition for that to happen, but that's not where we are at the moment. Where we are at the moment is we've got the guys we've got. You know, we've got the funds that we've got that we're prepared to put in every year. That has a finite amount of money. You know, mm. the, the, the thing this football club needs more than anything, else speak is more fans to come every week.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely, and and well, and you read the message boards, and there's people saying, kind of almost putting a condition on their attendance in in certain ways. If if you don't spend X amount of money, I'm not coming to watch the club, which must be frustrating to watch. Um, On on the
7: yeah, exactly, because I don't remember. You know, I don't buy it either. You know, because Mm. Norwich when they got relegated, they were still getting twenty odd thousand. Derby get, you know, 20... When was the last time Derby had an exciting side? No disrespect to Derby, you know? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I mean, what yeah, would you go to Derby do to watch, you know, amazing, exciting football? Or, or, or Leeds, you know, got relegated. How long were they in League One? You know, they still get twenty six, twenty seven thousand. 27,000. Now, our catchment areas, Bromley and Croydon do not have a professional football club, apart from Crystal Palace, and there's 900,000 people in those two boroughs which is virtually double the population of Manchester, Um, it's certainly much, much bigger than the population of Norwich or Ipswich. Mm. And yet those clubs get 20-odd thousand a week still. And whether they're in this division or not in this division, whether they're playing, you know, Brazilian football, or they're playing, you know... Not Brazilian football, you know, unattractive <laughs> football. So I, I just—we do have a very fickle set of fans in terms of attendance. Because well, if, if we've got a game against Villa in the Cup, you know, it's twenty-six thousand. Yeah. You know, we take five thousand away to Man United. Great, but you know, that's not—that doesn't really help us in the long run. We need, you know, instead of fourteen thousand every week, you know, we need eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand. That would mean that we would have. 3 million. I mean, one of the things about our club, by the way, is we make our money go a lot further. For Alexander and his team, we run the place, you know, as tight as we possibly can. Mm. And um, we make our money go a lot further. So although those clubs are turning over a lot more than us, they don't transfer that into money that they can spend in transfer fees and profits. I mean, you don't see Leeds. Leeds have got the same wage bill as us, more or less. And you don't see Leeds smashing money around on transfer fees, do you?
8: No. Was the last absolutely. time you heard
7: Leeds make a big money signing. But 25,000 a week turn up to see them play, you know, finish the same mid table kind of position that we do, more or less. Yeah.
8: I think actually for us to, to start getting those sort of crowds all the time is we, we need five or six constant years of tangible success in the Premiership because a lot of those Leeds fans are still remnants from the early 70s, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with
7: that. Fans. I completely agree with that. You're right because those allegiances are born. When they were seven years old when the club was playing in the premiership and or, or even go back further because they were in the premier league for such a long time you know they you know most of our fans are generational fans you know their dad support palace so their their the son went there and they or daughter and they support palace mm. so obviously there are more dads that support Leeds, therefore there are more offspring that support Leeds. therefore you know it's a rolling stone i do understand i do agree with you the yeah. Premier League is such a is such a rolling twenty four hour advert for, for the for the clubs that are in there to seven year olds, impressionable six and seven year olds, which is more or less when we all decide what team we're going to support, right? Yeah. Maybe even younger, maybe five. Um, My daughter so comes
8: three. To... <laughs> you know, so you got to get them in early before they're. Um,
7: they're yeah, um... but there are le- there are less of us. I think the point is well made. You know, there are less of us to start with. Therefore, there are less of us. Less kids that, you know, and then we've got Chelsea and all these teams that are quite near us, even Fulham and people like that. So I do understand that that's what we've got to do. And and, and trust me, I'm on the phone or doing stuff every day with the manager, with the other owners to try and get us there with the resources that we've got, you know. And if somebody comes along with a lot more resources and they want to get involved in our football club, and I can make sure that they're the right type of people, they will get involved in our football club. I can't, you know, I can't do any more. than than that I can only run with the resources that I've got and the answers that I've got talking about I want what all the fans want I want what all the fans want I want us to be signing you know amazing players and challenging Man City for the Premier League title that's what I want you know of course I do but they're stepping stones to try and get there and you've got all time to make sure that you're not you know putting the farm on black or red definitely um
4: Nick, you had a question about on the similar line about the running of a certain football club.
8: Yeah, what do you, what do you make, Steve, of uh, the Glasgow Rangers fiasco this summer? Because obviously that they they um, we were in a, a similar situation. You you came and got us out, of, thankfully. Um, do you think the right thing happened there with the relegation to the third it, division? It, and...
7: it just feels like. I, I just don't know enough about it, but it just feels like everyone's got it in for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's what it just felt like to me. It just felt like I, it, it feels like everyone's cutting their nose off to spite their face. You know, mm. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I've got to be honest, but it just seems strange from the little I know about it. When you know, that, you know, when Rangers come to town to play you, that must be a big date, right? I would have thought, whether, yeah. yeah. whether you whether whoever you were, right? So, but and and it's kind of a victory for them all because they're just going to get back there. You know, yeah. their their resources are so much greater in terms of their gait and their support base that it's just two years or four, however long it's going to take they're going to get back into the Premier League, right? Surely. Yeah. I, I would
4: have. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty much a given. You, you know, you'd expect them just to walk through those divisions. And, you know, I'd, well, it's a, it's a very odd situation. Um, if I'd take us on a little bit further, there's, well, honest. Try and do the rest of this quick fire so you can, uh, so you can get out of it because we've kept you longer than we should have done. Um, Danny uh, Hannigan has emailed in and he's, he's got basically a three-part question, really, uh, and I'll try and summarise it. And uh, Basically, it relates to the... Um, no, do you recognise, obviously, the second half of last season w- was poor when compared with the first half? Uh, what's been done to try and stop that happening again? Uh, and was there a tangible reason for that dip in form, do you think?
7: Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's concerning. You know, I don't think that anybody wasn't concerned by it. Mm. Um, I think it's 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 a worry, definitely. Um, you know, I, what's being done about it? Well, I know the training ground are working unbelievably hard. You know, to to pull things round. You know, that's 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 what they're trying to do. That's the you know, Dougie and, and Lenny and everybody down there are, are working on a, on, a, on a different plan. You know, what we're trying to do is gradually improve the players that we've got. You know, and 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 blend them into a style of playing that that we we feel is is, is going to be successful for us. You know. Okay. Um. And that's, that's all we can do, guys.
4: Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, that just sort of flesh that out. We've spoken in quite. Detail about the you know the transfer situation and what's what you're trying to do there. So I mean, obviously, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite a long-winded question that we've summarised quite quickly there. But hopefully that's enough for you, Danny. Um, uh, Braunston Eagle has asked, did would you see fifteenth this season as progression? No, not really. Of course we wouldn't.
7: You know, I think mean, we, we 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 want to try and push to the playoffs. You know, that's what we want to try and do. But you know. I know, some people are going to think that's ridiculous because we haven't signed a you know a, a, a player that they've heard of or mm. you know but that's what we do every season do you, think, you know we, we were six points off three points off at a certain point we were in the playoffs then we got that cut run and we seemed to fall away you know and maybe teams suffered us out a little bit I, I, you know we didn't have enough from an attacking perspective I don't think that that's any secret I, I don't know you know but we weren't a million miles away for a lot of last season so I'm not sure why we would um why we would want to start with any different ambition than trying to you know finish in the playoffs why would we, you know we don't I't sit down with doug and go Doug, you can see if he gets fifteenth this year that's too close than last year you know that's right. certainly not what he wants to do you know it's it's just it's just not you know nor did Blackpool when Blackpool had a you know a wage bill that was probably a third of ours, and they got promoted, and you know ne- nearly got back this year as well, so you know.
4: Yeah. It's a bit a bit of a loaded question, wasn't it? Um Alex Mook has said, uh, where do you expect to finish Palace this season? Where do you expect, where, Palace, to where do you expect Palace to finish this season? I'm not sure. I I'm right. uh, you know what,
7: you until we get the first few games, you know, you need to see um you, you, you don't know. We're expecting to do better than we did last year. We're hoping to push the clubs That's what we've been working all summer to yeah. do, and we've got one or two things that need to fall into place. You know, it depends where we are when we start. You know, and I mean, look. Like, last season, we had the first few games. We had a makeshift back four, and you yeah. know, and yet we, were, we we had our best run. You know, and then you know <laughs> we got supposedly all the players we were meant to have, and then it didn't quite click for us as much. So, <laughs> yeah. you know.
4: No, I was reading that funnily enough, I was reading that today. Someone was saying, oh, you know, the situation we're in right now, it's exactly the same. No one no one's learnt from last season. We started the game with these loans in the team and back forward didn't know each other and I was thinking, Well, that was our best spell of the season. Why are you angry? But there we go. Um, look, final question for you and we'll let you go. Uh, both George and a guy called Martin twenty four twelve asked a similar question. It says, If you could go back in time now, would you still want to be CPFC co chairman?
7: Yeah, because I wouldn't want the club to disappear, would I? You know, I just wouldn't want the club to disappear. Why, why would I want that? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a tough job, you know. and, and um, But, of course, you know, it, it, it's my football club, you know. So I, I love my football club and, and as much as any of the fans do. So while I'm here, I'll try and do the best I can, you know. But I'll be more than happy to give it to somebody who can do better, you know, when, <laughs> when the time comes.
4: All right fantastic well look thanks you thank you so much steve for talking to us again um yeah, you so know much. hopefully we get some um you know some more positivity as we uh as we reach the start of the season and you know hopefully we get a good season we'll talk to you during it brilliant Lovely. Nice thanks a lot so thanks a lot so cheers thanks all very back. much bye bye okay brilliant thanks candid as, as the, usual candid as usual well i mean hopefully those of you uh who asked questions didn't get to them all unfortunately um, but hopefully that's you've got some answers there. And Steve was very generous with his time, kept him for about 24 minutes longer than we should. So anyway, this that was the uh, recording part of this particular show, um, which apparently we've got to do a little bit later on. Nick, I'm not really sure how we're going to work this, but um, I don't know. I've got to go and cook a roast dinner now before you, I do anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but we'll um, what we'll do is we'll end that there and. Well, you'll hear it at some point. Yes, fantastic. Yes. Well <laughs> nice one. Hi, and, uh, and welcome back. Um, right, so obviously you've just heard uh, what Steve's had to say on similar subject subjects to ourselves um with regards to the transfers but also within that he talked about the uh stadium situation and he also talked about uh uh, the the academy as well um so obviously we don't want to be repeating ourselves and we'll let you digest what steve had to say and obviously if you've got any comments on what he has said uh because there's you know, it was quite a short interview by our normal standards with him, and there's quite a lot of um, fairly straightforward answers there as well. So I imagine there'll be some feedback on that. If you email us radio at homesdale dot net, or you can tweet us at whole radio, uh, Facebook message us, you can PM us on homesdale dot net or BBS. Whatever you want to do, Just, if you want to get in touch with us and, and make points about what Steve has said, we'll pick those up for next week um, when we do our preview show for the, for the, you know, for the for the. Real football that's about to start, um, but what we are going to focus on right now is um, is comments Steve has made on the first the academy, and then we'll end on the stadium. Really, so I mean, obviously, I'm I'm the only one who's heard the interview at this stage. So I'm going to go a quick sum, summary of what Steve said on the academy. I think Steve was very much holding back um, in terms of his his, his frustration, uh, but he talked a lot about. Um, the the categorised you know the categorisation of being cat 2 um obviously means we we've been refused cat 1 status on a certain uh, th- um reasoning and one of the things that was a a cat 1 you must have was was to have a school linked uh, school on site if you like um but obviously we've got our link with uh, the oasis park Is it Shirley Shirley whatever it is um we've got our link with the school um, but apparently, certain bigger teams, and I know Man United is one of them, weren't so keen on that as a concept. So, mysteriously, that idea has been dropped from the rules and allowed certain teams, Man United for example, to become a Cat One Academy when they hadn't even applied for it because they didn't qualify. Um, Steve was also bemoaning the fact that he's had to pay a uh, hundred thousand pounds net spend at the training ground to create a room changing rooms for match officials and separate ones for the kids and all that sort of stuff and, and saying that basically is that what happens in Spain? Is is that why South Korea beat you know, the G B football team because they've all got these separate change rooms? And those are the kind of points that Steve's making. Though. It does still he still feels that it's quite a clear bias towards the Premier League. And that's the motivation for these changes in in the academy system. And that, you know, as much as he really, really hopes that it will lead to a better England squad and a better Scotland and Wales and a GB squad and what have you, he still doesn't believe that's the case. So, first of all, um, I'll give you, give all of you a chance to speak. Really, um, Aaron, you want to go first on this?
6: Yeah, uh, I can understand where Steve's frustrations come from. Obviously, you said he was holding probably back a bit on that. I can't understand why I've been given category two status. Surely, it should be judged on the the quality of the kids that you're bringing through into your team. And when you look at our academy. There's probably not many that can match that, especially when you look at the results they got last year in the league, the amount of players who've come through, Moses, Zahar, Williams, just to name a few. So that, I'm quite confused why it's been based on pretty much yeah, everything it, that they have at their disposal and why it, it hasn't been based on the team. Well, yeah,
4: you're, you're absolutely, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, because it, it it's been based on um, a set of criteria that are only available to the rich and successful. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, like like yeah. you say, if you base if you base an academy on the production of players and the quality of the coaches and, uh, and what have you, then, then it's fair. But if you start basing an academy on, on the facilities that are available rather than the results that are actually achieved, then it
0: does start to skew things a little bit. Uh, any thoughts, Steve? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're saying there, Chris, about the fact that um, it's it's being judged on things that are only available to the rich. and uh, And I think... That's what the whole point of the EPP was in the first place, was about making things skewed to the premiership clubs. I don't think it had anything to do with, the, uh, with making better English players. I don't think it had anything to do with making uh, you know, better players full stop. I think it, it meant a lot more to, uh, to getting the uh, the English kids, the best English kids, to be uh, cheaper for the, uh, the premiership, play, premiership clubs to buy. And I think that's what the problem is. I think everything's getting so skewed towards the Premiership that, you know, eventually they're just going to turn around and say no the league matters. OK, Now, fair point, Steve. Uh, we're going to have to move on because I'm really not going to have time to edit this
4: show together. So Albert's opinion on the Academy we will have to wait for another time. But what I will do is uh, we'll also have a very quick chat about what Steve said about the stadium. Now, again, I'll just do a quick, do a quick summary. Uh, been meetings over the summer. Um, they've been looking at various different ways of funding uh, Redevelop Selhurst uh, as it's looking by far the most likely option at the moment. Uh, nothing to, to come out in the public domain at the moment, but he's got he had some very exciting plans drawn up, uh, and he's hoping that something will be out about that soon. Um, various ways of funding it: part funding it through, you know, um, Sainsbury's, for example, as an investment, and you know, and, and who are who are looking to have a bigger store in the site and it would form part of the new stadium and things like that. Um, so, Albert, I'm just going to ask you on this one. So um new stadium very much looking to be at Selhurst Park. Are you happy about that?
5: It's all a massive pipe dream at the moment isn't it? It's you know such a, a distant thing is I'm not you know I'm not really thinking about it to be honest but yeah if it's at Selhurst it's at Selhurst. Great.
4: Yeah, <laughs> no particular um preference to move to Crystal Palace Park or anything like that.
5: Uh I was always a bit reluctant to move from Salas Park, because I really like the Tasty Jerk by the petrol station. But, um... <laughs>
6: yeah, oh but,
5: yeah, didn't that catch fire the other day? No, what? No, there's always, there's always smoke coming out the chimney. Mm.
4: Um,
5: <laughs> a, no, a new ground is a new ground. doesn't matter where it is.
4: Yeah. Um, but it is, and, and one of the, i just sort of finished this this bit really, um, By a, a new ground is one of the things that a, that a club could use to kind of you know, bring new fans in, and one of the things you'd have heard Steve talk about there, uh, apart from you guys, he wouldn't have heard it, um, was was the fact that we're just simply not getting the gates to to sustain the ambition that people seem to want. You know, and there's a lot of conditional support going on, and Steve quite rightly pointed out that although we talk about Norwich and Ipswich and people like that as being sort of one club towns and things like that, when you look at the boroughs in the uh, in proximity to, to Crystal Palace Football Club, there's there's significantly more people in those than than over there. So it does seem, you know, in, in his words, that we've got a more fickle support than uh, than other teams, really. Um, Steve, if you want to end on a little bit of a quick rant about negative fans, because I want to end in about three minutes.
0: I I definitely want to uh, to end on a, a quick rant on the negative fans. One of the things that's been really annoying me uh, recently with, with people on the message board. It's been the, um, the fact they're saying, oh, well, if we're not buying anyone, if we've got uh, a weaker squad or the rest of it, then we're not going to turn up. Well, how do you think that people can actually, how, how do you think that we'll ever be able to afford to buy these decent players that you want at Palace if you don't turn up, if you don't put your uh, your money where your mouth is and you don't support the club? And at the end of the day, then, you know, we've, we've got to spend a significant amount of money on the uh the, the academy just to have got it to, to cat two status we've got to spend a significant amount of money keeping the likes of uh of johnny williams at the club keeping the likes of, uh, of Wolf Sahar at the club keeping others at the club and uh you know how are we going to afford a decent stadium unless you start coming along to palace what we're we going to do we're going to just uh, expect sainsbury's to have to fork out money and uh, and our four owners it's not going to happen we need people to start getting behind our club if we want to progress. Uh, Hang on, Steve. He <laughs> couldn't agree
4: more. Really, um, yeah. I just, it's, it's counterproductive. The kind of attitude that's been coming out of Palace fans at the moment, and it does look. It doesn't mean that no, we know, we're not acknowledging that there was things to be concerned about and that the football wasn't great and all that sort of stuff. But there was never this. This should never be this idea of conditional support. I will only go and watch Crystal Palace if they've spent x amount of money they haven't got on this player and that player, and I will go only go and support Crystal Palace if they play good football how many t- how many teams play good football? I just you know at the end of the day you support a football club and if you don't if you stop going and you stop giving them your money, you're no longer supporting them <laughs> you know that's just it's just a, that's how it is it's a fact so I mean as much as as much as I feel you know i feel that I understand why people are are upset the kind of withdrawal of support is it's a, it's a nothing to me it's a stupid counterproductive attitude and I hope it's just people saying it and I hope what we see next season some positive results some positive football and, and people can stop using that as an excuse uh, not to spend the money and not to not to go and enjoy something I mean you know we're supposed to enjoy this it's supposed to be good so there we go. Anyway, we'll be back for some uh, for some live shows in the very near future. Probably in a week's time. I think that's the plan. Hmm. Obviously, anything we've said today, uh, or anything that Steve said, if you want to talk about it, right, ra- email us radio at uh, Don't have to include the burp in the uh, address there, though. It's radio <laughs> at homestead uh, Also, you need to uh, well, you don't need to. You can tweet us. <laughs> it's at our radio. Um, or just have a look on the message. BBS and Homestead will um will have posts and threads on there letting you know when our next show will be so my thanks to albert who's disappeared once more uh, to steve and to aaron and of course to steve Parrish for his time earlier on um and yeah we'll be back next week cheerio goodbye bye it's the 90th minute
3: all your mates around you've got your mcnuggets share boxes ready to go